Hey guys, welcome back to my art and self-improvement podcast. I'm Katie and I'm a life coach and artist. I'm a life coach for artists. I help artists stop procrastinating on their art so that they can get paid doing what they love. I struggle with anxiety, depression, self-loathing, so much self-sabotaging behaviors, and this is my weekly update on how I'm improving my mindset and my life one podcast at a time. Okay, we are going to be talking about the formula for change. Okay, so I have pretty much broken down in very, very simple steps how to change anything in your life, about yourself, or whatever, right? Like reaching goals, all that kind of stuff. Like this is the formula. And it took a lot of trial and error, guys. It took a year of more, no, two years of like lots and lots of failing, um, doing my own self-work. And so I'm super excited to share this with you because I'm really excited about it. So I've been really pondering this question for the last couple months about, you know, how, how is it that we make changes in our life? Because I've been working very, very actively on loving everything right now as it is without changing anything, right? Like that's been the, the, the journey or like the focus that I've had in the last couple of months is like really loving myself, loving my life, um, because I realized that like nothing at all has to change for me to love anything, to feel love for anything. Because as you guys know, thoughts create our feelings. Our thoughts create our feelings. So if we're thinking we have a horrible life, we're disadvantaged, um, I have terrible relationship with my parents, I should be somewhere else, I should be farther ahead, um, I'm not good enough, all that kind of stuff, right? Like, um, I'm going to be feeling very, very little love for me or for my life. Um, and lately I've been working a lot on creating other kinds of thoughts, right? Like, like, wow, I am so lucky that I get to live in my parents' house. I don't have to pay rent. Um, I'm so lucky that, like, there's companies like, um, you know, banks or, um, yeah, banks that, like, would lend me money so that I could get the education that I wanted. I'm so grateful that I have um, running water. Like, what the hell? It's so crazy that I can literally turn on a tap um, like in a, in a flick of my wrist and I just get water, like it's magic. It's, um, you know, loving my friends, loving, um, everything, loving my social anxiety, loving my shyness, thinking it's cute, all that kind of stuff. I've been creating a lot more love and gratitude and appreciation because I've been choosing to think different thoughts about my life right now without any change, right? And the reason I do this, um, I've been doing this because the number one reason why people procrastinate which is really weird. A lot of people think it's lack of focus. It's a problem with like, um, yeah, not being able to focus, not being disciplined, all that kind of stuff. It's not. Actually, the number one reason that people struggle with procrastination or um, not working on their dreams or not whatever, right, not making a change in their life is from hating their life or hating their job or being just unsatisfied with what is currently happening in their life um, or unsatisfied with who they are because this from that place of thinking 
we're either escaping our life um, with the easiest thing possible to escape with, which is, you know, pick your poison, right? It's either YouTube, video games, books, TV, food, alcohol, whatever. We're either escaping from our life um, with these external things, or we end up often like overloading. So like we'll put, we'll try to do too much. We'll pressure ourselves to do too much before we're ready. And then we crash and burn and we burn out. And it's like, it's like we go back and forth from like that escape overload cycle. So um, that's why, that's why I'm doing this. And I teach my clients to do this too. But something still felt kind of missing because then I was really wondering okay wait if I can love my life right exactly the way it is like I don't need to change anything then how do we create change and then also like if I love everything why would I change anything um and also like you know is loving something like will it just naturally change towards where I want it to go like is that all it takes is just love it and then you know good things happen pretty much. Like where does goal setting come in? Where does practicing new thoughts come in? Where does um, putting concerted effort towards change come in? Um, those are the kind of thoughts that I've been thinking and trying to figure out how, how do these fit together? And I spoke, and this kind of came up again recently, um, most recently in this scenario, where I recently was speaking to my friend, um, who's also a coach, just about things like spirituality, right? She fully believes in um, a higher power, you know, that there's no coincidences and things like that. And I want to believe it. I'm close to very much believing fully in a higher power, but I haven't really let myself fully go, fully, fully go there. I question it. I rationalize it. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really, it's like a fear of feeling stupid if I'm wrong, right? And maybe thinking it's too good to be true. Like, um, it's kind of like the whole, you know, I, I, I'd rather feel disappointed now <laughs> than feel disappointed later. But I personally want to change that. Like the moral of what I'm talking about here has nothing to do with spirituality. It's the context around it. But like, I personally want to change that. I'm definitely not saying you should. Um, but like I do, I really love the idea of fully believing it and like really practicing being able to be faithful to something when I have no evidence, right? Like I, I want to fully, fully be like a spiritual person that believes in like miracles, really. Um, I think I'm more kind. I think I'm the best version of myself when I do that. So my first gut response like many people, when there's something about themselves or when there's something in their life that they don't like and they want to change, my first gut response is to get frustrated with myself because, you know, um, I was kind of comparing myself to my friend who I, who I thought was doing better than me. So I was kind of like talking in my head like, oh, Katie, like, why are you like this? Like, why aren't you, you know, more free, more like, why do you overthink things? Like, you know, and I started thinking about how this shows up in other areas of my life, um, this kind of like questioning and rationalizing and overthinking. Um, one of my exes actually told me at one point that like he said to me that he thinks that I was, I'm too smart. Like I think too much. I like try to overanalyze things. 
Um, the way, the way I think about it is like, if you watch CSI or those crime shows and there's like a big board of like pictures and arrows and like, you know, like pins and stuff like that, like connecting everything. And they're trying to like figure out this puzzle. Like that's what the inside of my head kind of feels like sometimes is that like, I really analyze things and I overthink things and I'm trying to make conclusions and connections like all the time. Um, and yeah, so my first response was that like, I was kind of frustrated with myself. Like my, my thoughts was like, you know, why can't you just relax? Like what's, what's wrong with you? Why don't you just chill? Like, why can't you just like, you know, enjoy and like fully believe and let go and be this free spirit? Like, why are you such an over and analyzer and, um, thinking like, you know, you need to change this, right? You got to change this. Like your friend is doing better in life. Like you got to change this thing about you. So like you can do better in life or whatever, right? Like that's kind of like that first gut response when you're just like really frustrated with yourself and like in a not super secure place um, in that moment. So yeah, I could feel myself like wanting to change from this from that place of being frustrated, right? Um, and as you guys know, I had that big breakthrough in December um, where like in the beginning of this podcast, I, I talked about how I really, really learned um, in December that you can really love yourself exactly the way you are right now. So it like blew my mind when I understood, when I realized that I could like my social anxiety. There's nothing wrong with it. It's totally okay. In fact, it's cute and funny. So I knew, I knew like as I got more, as I, as I became aware that I was being frustrated with myself, I was like, okay, no, this isn't going to work. I don't do that anymore, right? Like, here's another area of my life or an area of myself where I can choose to like it instead of be frustrated with myself. So I was thinking about, like, how can I like that I overthink? How can I like that I overanalyze and stuff like that? It's totally okay. And I did. And I got to a place of, like, yeah, I totally like that about myself. I love thinking about that kind of stuff. I, um... I love like thinking about mindset. I think that's what makes me like such a good coach and such a, um, I guess in a way, like somebody that makes all these realizations all the time is because I'm somebody that really likes to analyze things. So I like it, but then what's next? Because I still want to believe in a higher power, right? I still want to practice thinking things like, you know, miracles happen all the time. Nothing, nothing is a coincidence. I'm always divinely guided, all that kind of stuff. Like, I want to believe that. So like, how do I love this part of myself that overanalyzes and, you know, um, overthinks, all that stuff. And at the same time, like, you know, eventually believe, excuse me, eventually believe in a higher power. Like, how, how do those things, like, how can I create change but yet love myself right now? And I realize now that the reason I was struggling with these two, like, putting these two things together um, is because, like so many of us, really most of us, I was still holding on to the belief that you have to hate something or dislike something to change it. And wanting to change something in my in myself or in my life meant that I hated it. And that's not true at all. Like that was such a like cognitive dissonance and cognitive like conflict, right? That like I couldn't do both things at the same time because again, like 
we so many of us think that we have to dislike something and hate something in order to change it. We do this so often like with our jobs, right? Like we like hate our jobs and we hate our life and so we have to use that in order to change or a lot of us ruin our relationships, right? Like so many of us like ruin our like romantic relationships in order to leave it. We make it horrible. We become a like, you know, ba- not a very nice person to the other per- to the significant other because we want them to break up or we want a reason to leave. And we think that the only reason to leave or change is by disliking it, by hating it. Um, same with our apartments, same with our homes. Like we have to hate it, dislike it in order to change, in order to move. And that's, like I said, not true at all. You can love something and change it. You can love something and leave it. Because now I'm like looking back at that question being like, well, duh, I can just like myself for overthinking or overanalyzing and I can practice believing that practice that, that miracles happen all the time. Those two things can exist together. They don't have to be separate. They don't, I don't have to hate overthinking and overanalyzing for me to practice believing these other thoughts that I would really love to believe. Trying to change something from judgment and, and hate and all that stuff, it really, I promise you friends, it doesn't work. Okay, not, not fully, not fully true. Sometimes it does work. We can, we can seriously like hate ourselves enough <laughs> to, um, to force ourselves to work. We can hate ourselves enough to, you know, we can starve ourselves, right? Um, to lose weight um, from that place of like judgment and hate, right? But I promise you that it's so unsustainable and it's so exhausting and it's so tiring you know, changing from a place of love and excitement and like making like those changes in our life from that place, it's energizing. Like you come home at the end of the day and feel energized and you have more energy to make more impact, to make more change, to give more and share more and like um, provide more. When we're doing it from a place of not enough, your life sucks, you suck, you need to like do this or that so that you can be enough, it's just burnout nation, seriously. And the other problem with trying to like make changes in your life from judgment, um, from self-judgment and all that kind of stuff is that what we're trying to do is we're trying to escape judgment, right? We're like, oh, I need to, you know, become a successful, I need to like, like work a bunch to become a successful artist so that, um, cause right now I'm not a successful artist. So I'm like, you know, trying to like force myself to draw and work and all that stuff so that I can escape this judgment that I have on myself that I'm like not a success, I'm a failure, all that kind of stuff. And the problem with that is because the judgment, the unfortunate thing is that the judgment is not coming from our art. It's not coming for how many hours we draw a day. It's literally coming from our minds, right? The judgment is a thought that we have in our brain and and it's what we're really, really good at. We're really good at judging ourselves. So nothing, like there's no amount of stuff that can change outside of our brain, right, for the judgment to stop if it's a skill that we're just really, really good at. If we just keep getting good at judgment, 
we're just going to keep getting good at judgment no matter how much our life changes, no matter how much the likes grow or the, um, what do you call it, or the followers grow, right? Like um, none of that, none of that is going to change our mind um, when that, when that is a habit that we have, when that habit is so strong and we just keep judging and judging. So it's like, there's literally no escape is what I'm trying to say, right? Is that like, we work, work, work from, from judgment or we, you know, make changes in our life from judgment. And like, let's say it does work, quote unquote, and we get to like, you know, we get the thing, right? We get the likes, the follower count, whatever, um, the job or whatever. Um, but yet we still have the habit of judging ourselves. So there is like, there is no actual escape and we feel exhausted, unsustainable, just like it's just energy depleting. It doesn't actually um, create any, it doesn't actually create any change in our mind that we think is going to create it, right? Because all the change happens from within. Anyway, so that's, that's my <laughs> take on why like, you know, trying to change from judgment and hate really doesn't work or dislike. So here's the formula. This is the step-by-step -step process of how to create change that actually lasts, change that actually energizes you, change that like gives you momentum. Um, uh, yeah, just like, I think this is where like the change actually like really lasts um, is from this. And you're just having so much more fun, all that kind of stuff. Okay, step one, identify the thing you want to change, right? That's the first step. And a lot of us are good at that. <laughs> we're, a lot, we're good at like picking out the things that we don't want and we're like, I want to change this. So that's the first step is identify it. And step two is the part where it's very counterintuitive for a lot of us because we've hold, held on to this belief for so long that like we need to hate it, dislike it to change. Step two is love it. Love the thing that you want to change. Or at the very least, have compassion and understanding and just an overall feeling of like, yeah, this is okay. It's not like, it's, it's, this is, this is all right. Like it's, um, it's not what I want, but it's okay. It's that kind of energy. It's more, it's like, it's just still a higher vibration than like, this is horrible. This means I'm a failure or whatever, right? Like, um, this, this, you know, there's something wrong with me essentially for, for, for this, or there's something wrong with my life for this. So that's step two. And that's the counterintuitive part. And then step three is practice new thinking, practice new thoughts that create a different result, create a different result that you want, right? That's the change. So those are the steps. Step one, identify the thing you want to change. Step two, love it or at least have compassion and understanding for yourself for why you have it. And then step three, practice new thinking. That's it. You cannot, you really, I really highly recommend not skipping step two, right? A lot of us, what we tend to do is we identify the thing we want to change and most of us have a habit of disliking it, judging ourselves for it, right? Like hating our jobs, hating ourselves, all that kind of stuff. And then from there, we practice new thinking or we make or practice new thinking or we just take action to make change before we do step two, before we even like 
we just skipped step two, right? We don't take the moment to first let go of the judgment, love ourselves for it anyway, or at least have compassion before we like take action and practice new thinking and all that kind of stuff. So let me give you some examples um, in other areas of my life too, where I, um, and just like some ideas of how this, this these steps kind of work. So for example, um, I have social anxiety or it's more like I'm, a, I, you know, I've been really practicing <laughs> not like calling it that, but just like, you know, I'm a person that feels anxious in social situations sometimes. Anyway, step one, um, I identify that like social anxiety is something that I would like to change. Um, I would like to feel more comfortable in social situations, things like that. Okay, so step two, um, this is the part that, you know, for a long time, I did not have. For a very, very long time, I was judging it. I was thinking that it's super embarrassing that I have social anxiety. It's super like, you know, nobody likes social anxious, socially anxious people. People love confident people. People love like, you know, the life of the party kind of people. Like, you know, if you're just a wallflower, you're boring, you know, like nobody likes that. So that was the kind of way I was thinking about social anxiety for a while. And that was the kind of way that I was trying to make changes from that energy of thinking something's wrong with me, social anxiety is embarrassing, all that kind of stuff. So step two was to love it, to love my social anxiety. And I think it's cute. I think it's funny. I think it's okay. Um, I think about like all the people who I do think are shy and yet I love them anyway. Um, and in fact, I love them for being shy or I love them for not being super loud, you know, like, um, I just think it's cute and I think it's funny. I think it's like really kind of silly and, and like kind of a, just, yeah, just like a cute little like quality of mine that I can feel kind of shy around other people. So that's step two. And already with step two, I can already feel like, like, the, the stress around social anxiety lifting, right? Like I don't feel as anxious about, about being in public and in social situations. I still feel anxious. I still have thoughts about like, what if they don't like me, all that kind of stuff. But at least I'm not anxious about my anxiety, right? I'm not anxious about being anxious. So that's already like lifted a weight. Um, I still feel anxious, but it's not as bad just from doing step two. And then step three is from a place of liking my anxiety, from a place of like not being anxious about my anxiety, I can practice thinking thoughts that create confidence for me instead of anxiety. So for example, um, the thought that I've been like practicing is like people like talking to me. Like most of the time, um, people have a good like time when they talk to me. Um, I can be likable, I can be funny, right? So like, you know, I can like my anxiety, I can think it's cute, and I think it's funny. It doesn't mean that I, like, then have to keep it. I then, like, practice, like, thinking people like talking to me. It's totally okay that I feel anxious right now, but you know what, girl? Like, people like talking to me, and so I practice creating confidence instead. And so the reason for change, right, the reason that I want to let go of social anxiety, it moves away from something is wrong with me, this is embarrassing, you should be confident, you should love yourself, like, um, all that kind of stuff, instead to something else, right? Like, if there's nothing wrong with me for feeling social anxiety, then what's the new reason for change? It's like, it can be literally anything else. It's like, it's just fun to make friends. It's just more fun when like, 
I go to a social situation and I feel confident and I can talk to more people and like make more friends and um and impact people and you know like it's just more fun and it's kind of a cool challenge it's interesting but there's nothing wrong with me in the first place okay here's another example that I have laziness procrastination all that kind of stuff right so step one um identify the thing you want to change which is for some people, it's like, you know, laziness, procrastination. And my goodness, do so many of us have so much goddamn judgment around this, right? Like, we are so judgmental of ourselves for being lazy, for procrastinating, for not taking action, for being on YouTube, for playing video games, for doing all this kind of stuff, right? Like, that is... So, like, so many of us carry so much baggage around that. So step two, obviously, is like, let's learn and let's see if can we like laziness and procrastination? Can we love it? Um, you know, how can it be a good thing? How can it be something that somebody actually likes about themselves? So I know, I think for many of us, we've never even considered this, right? Can procrastination be a great thing? Like, can that be a quality we like about ourselves? And I'm just going to give you a bunch of ideas because um, um, I have a few. Like, and see which ones stick for you. Um, because I think this is, a, this is just the thing that people have so much judgment on with themselves. Like, people have so much shame around this. So, um, I really love listening to David Dobrik and Jason Nash's podcast called Views. If you guys don't know who they are, um, David Dobrik and Jason Nash, they're um, YouTubers. David Dobrik is really, is pretty famous. Like, um, you know, he has a very obviously successful YouTube channel and, you know, um, by society standards, right, he would be considered, like, successful, and he's only, like, 23 or something like that. Um, anyway, I love listening to his podcast because I love listening to the podcast of people who I think, like, are really successful, right, and I, and what I love is I want to, I want to know what their thoughts are because the reason, because I totally understand that, like, thoughts create our results, our thoughts is what creates like everything that we have in our life. And so I wanted to, I want to learn from um, these people and like hear how their thoughts work, right? Like what, what is it that they're thinking that created um, this kind of life for them? So David Dobrik talked about in, you know, a few episodes, he talked about how like he was actually super lazy, super procrastinating in school very, very lazy, very, very <laughs> did everything at the last minute and pretty much did everything he could to kind of like cheat on tests because he just had no interest in school. He just did not want to do it, right? He was just super, super lazy. And then he even also said that like um, um, he got big on Vine. If you guys remember, it's like just, it's app. It's a lot like TikTok right now, but it was like an older version of TikTok. And um, he was super lazy in school, but yet like um, Vine, 
was the only thing that he was willing to do. But like, you know, a lot of a lot of kids' dreams at his age when he was in high school, everyone wanted to be a YouTuber. Everyone wanted to be like make it on YouTube. Um, but he just got too lazy. He got too lazy to like set up his computer and set up like and learn how to edit and like set up streaming software, all that kind of stuff. He just got way he just got way too lazy to get into YouTube and so he just never got into it. And then Vine came around where you can make these quick six second stuff and a lot of people were making you know people who made it big on vine were um making like these six second skits right and so he called it like you know it was it's like the lazy lazy man's youtube pretty much and so that's what he did that's what he got really good at and that's what he got um fairly famous for before he eventually got onto youtube but anyway, he was saying that like um, he was really thankful really for his laziness because if he wasn't, you know, if he was lazy, if he wasn't lazy and he kind of was like able to force himself to um, make this, you know, set up his computer and all that kind of stuff, he would have maybe ended up being like a YouTube gamer. Um and he was talking about how, like, on, on you know, those gamers who do, like, streams and they post their stuff on YouTube, like, so many of them are constantly playing games and constantly working. And he really would not have been happy doing that if, like, that was what he got rewarded doing, if that was his career. Um, because he was lazy, because he didn't want to set up his computer and stuff, he went down the, um, the Vine route. And so now he's like on YouTube and, you know, he loves that so much more. And he talks about how like he talks about how like he's always had the willingness to work hard, but he just didn't know what to work hard in. And then he found YouTube and he found his vlogs and then and he doesn't re he really doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like work for him at all. Um, and so like what what I'm really learning from that is that because he had no judgments on his laziness, because he didn't think anything was wrong with him at all for like procrastinating and, and he just let himself, you know, only do the things that he would have so much fun doing. He only let himself do the things that like he was really, really interested in. Like contrast to me in high school, I was so good at like motivating myself with like, you know, judgment and, you know, caring about what other people think and trying to get approval from my parents and, you know, so much judgment around laziness that, like, I took the hardest classes I freaking could in school. So many late nights, so many, like, doing so many papers, like, all these classes that literally I have not touched at all, right? Like, I did, I wasn't even going to get credit because I was going to go to an art school. I didn't have to take all these super, super hard classes and make my life just harder, but I, re I did it because I was like, I'm not allowed to be lazy. I'm supposed to work really hard, and I'm supposed to do all this stuff so I can get approval from teachers, and, and all these other, all the other kids in my school will think I'm great, right? Like, I'm a hard worker, all that kind of stuff, like, all that judgment, um, like I was doing, yeah, I ended up doing all these things that really like, of course, I'm sure there are like positive byproducts from it, but still like that was really not needed, you know, like, um, I was just so good at judging myself for laziness that I just, yeah, I took all these classes that really made no difference for me. Um, but anyway, so, you know, because, because he was so, 
unjudgmental about his laziness. He completely just let himself only do the things that he found fun. Um, and then, and then really go with it. Right. Like, um, and then fully maximized it when he did find the thing that was like, that really gave him the so much energy. He really, really maximized it. And, um, and you can tell, you can see it in his videos and you can see it in like the energy that he brings in his work that like, you can tell that he's having a lot of fun and that's what people want to see, right? That feels good to watch. And he even quoted Bill Gates in one of his podcast um, episodes that like Bill Gates loves hiring lazy people because when you hire lazy people, they're going to find the most efficient thing to do, efficient way to do something because that means like um, they're going to, um, you know, do something the fastest way they're going to do. They're going to like kind of try and cheat the system or beat the system and do things so that they can do as little work as possible. And and a lot of us, I think, think that like, oh, I want to be more productive. And what more productive means, like we think that more productive means um, like do more, create more, take more action. When really, if you think about it, being productive means doing less. That's what being productive is, right? So um, yeah, like there's so many ways to think about laziness and procrastination. And it's not just this automatically terrible thing. Another thing that I once coached my client on is that she was just, again, judging herself so harshly on procrastinating. And I, um, and then we talked about it. And one thing that she didn't even consider, um, and that we talked about was that, you know, procrastination is a good thing because if you're procrastinating on something, it means you have a goal, right? Like, you can't really procrastinate if you don't have something to procrastinate on, if you don't have a goal, if you don't have a project, if you don't have ideas and all that kind of stuff. So recently for me, like I said, I've, this is, you know, that's been a pattern for me since high school where like I'm really good at motivating myself from like um, using judgment and hate and like not enough and all that kind of stuff that, you know, um, now that I'm really all about loving my life, loving things as they are, it's like only doing things that are super fun. And it's like, and it's like the laziness or, um, if I'm not being productive on something, it most likely just means there was something I didn't want to do that thing. Right. Um, and it just helps me see like, oh, okay, maybe this is not something that I actually wanted to do. I was using, you know, like the wrong motivation in my eyes to like do those things. But if I really did actually want to do it, I can then figure out why didn't I want to do it? Hmm. Like, you know, why, why did I, what is it about this that I didn't, why didn't I want to do it? And how can I change that? How can I, how can I help myself to want to do it? I hope that makes sense. So those are just some ideas and you can, you can think about it. Like, how can you like, how can laziness and procrastination actually be something that's useful for you? For me, it's really pretty much a barometer of like, what is it that I actually want to do and what do I not want to do? Um, since I've been so good in my life at like doing the things I hate because I think it's going to, I think it's going to make people respect me or something like that. Okay. So that's step one. That's step two, right? So step one, identify it. Procrastination, laziness. Step two, how can you love it or how, how can you how can you love it? How can you think it's okay? How can you think it's good? Or at least be compassionate and understanding with yourself like for these things. And then step three is, yeah, from a place of liking all of these things, plan my calendar, plan my time. What would I put on my calendar? What would I do 
Or what would I practice thinking if I totally liked my laziness and I thought that it was a useful tool in my belt that I, I will only do things that are fun, you know? So I hope this was helpful and I hope this gave you like things to think about and to look at in your own life. If there's anything that you're dissatisfied with and you're unhappy with and you want to change it, I highly recommend first not skipping step two. It's really, 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 really really just gonna make the biggest change it's like it's like thinking long term um for your own sustainability and not you know um like hurting yourself and burning out and I've really noticed for me in the like last two years of doing a lot of this personal development work um and coaching work the thing that I've found that I've really been able to stick to and the biggest change that I've made in my life that is really big like like one that is like such a change right now is that I don't drink alcohol anymore. It's something that I've completely let go of. Like I just don't have any desire for alcohol. Like that is a big, biggest change in my life. Um, and I've realized that the reason, I mean, it's, it's like kind of a weird coincidence that like it's something in, in, in my life where I've completely let go of judgment around, like completely, you know, I don't judge anyone for um for drinking alcohol like I really I just don't have an opinion I think there was one part there was one part um one time in my life when um uh or not one one time in this journey where I was like not drinking anymore where at first I was kind of thinking like oh I'm you know other people are still drinking like I'm so much more you know evolved or I'm like so much more ahead in my personal development that you know I'm not drinking anymore like um really it's just yeah kind of like kind of like judging myself and judging them um but now I just legit have zero opinion like at all like it's just like yeah other people do it I don't do it like I don't even feel really proud you know, it's not like this feeling of like, yes, it's been three years since I've had any alcohol. It's I've counted the days like I literally do not know the days of how long I haven't. And and if I drink like, a, you know, one day, I don't feel like I need to drink anymore. Like my desire for it is just gone. You know, my desire is just totally gone. So that's why I don't even feel like I'm proud of it. It's just this feeling of like, yeah, like I just don't want it anymore, right? And other people want it and that's totally fine. Like there's no judgment at all. And that's the thing that has that has really like that I have stuck to that like a big change in my life that's really like stuck. Um, and yeah, because and I and I know it's connected with the fact that I have no opinion on it whatsoever. I don't think I'm better because I stopped drinking. I don't think I don't think other people are worse for drinking, right? And I don't think other people are cool for drinking and I'm uncool for not drinking. Like, none of that. I have zero opinion. So it's really like the... Um, I really think it's coincided, right? It's like that step two part of letting go of judgment, of liking it, of thinking it's okay and stuff like that. Like that part is crucial, I think, for making permanent change. So, you know, a lot of what I want to work on too is just like, yeah, I have no opinion if somebody quotes on quotes like 
does more than me, is more productive than me. And also having no opinion if somebody is like more extroverted than me. I don't, I want to practice not thinking they're better than me, right? No judgment, zero, zero opinion, pretty much. I hope that makes sense. Okay, guys, I hope this was useful. It's been so good for me to like realize and understand for myself. Um, yeah, if you think that this is the work that you'd like to do, if you're struggling to like, if you're struggling, especially if you're struggling with step two, like this is my jam and step three, but step two is my fucking jam. I am so good at this and I'm so good at helping my clients like really master step two. And, um, and then you can practice step three from like a way more energizing and fun place. So if that's something that you'd like to do, if you're struggling with that, please contact me for a consult call. My calendar is somewhere in the description or you can DM me on Instagram and I will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye.